Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Bridge Bank. Today's Monday, October 5th. Regeneron stock is up, AMC stock is down, and we're focused on the future of America's airlines. Beginning last Thursday, American air carriers began laying off or furloughing tens of thousands of workers, including pilots, flight attendants, and ground crew. The bottom line is, it didn't need to be this way. For months, airlines had been warning that these furloughs and layoffs would happen if Congress didn't extend their bailout funding past the September 30th expiration date. They said, convincingly, that they needed another $25 billion which would help maintain operations through next March when hopefully travel could return to something approximating normal levels. Politicians, though, they just dithered, letting the deadline hit and then pass, even though leaders of both political parties and the Trump administration support the $25 billion. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi late last week asked airlines to hold off, suggesting that the House might soon pass a standalone airline bill rather than insisting on it being included in a broader stimulus. But then Trump got sick, and everything apparently ground to a halt. Well, except the pink slips. Those kept coming. Why it matters, beyond the personal pain of these individuals, is that these cuts can have major downstream ramifications, even if America begins flying again. So here's one example. Imagine there are 100 pilots trained on a particular wide-bodied aircraft, and they spend part of their time training younger pilots who typically fly smaller planes. Now, though, those younger pilots get furloughed because of seniority. They stop training. If some of those large aircraft pilots retire, there will not be a new crop waiting to take their place for months, maybe upwards of a year. So we want to dig into the state of the airline bailout legislation and of the broader aviation industry with Captain Joe DePete, president of the Airline Pilots Association. That conversation in 15 seconds. We're joined now by Captain Joe DePete, president of the Airline Pilots Association. So, Joe, let's start with the obvious. On Friday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi seemed to suggest there was movement on getting this second $25 billion bill through Congress. And then President Trump checks himself into Walter Reed and crickets. What are you guys hearing about the state of this legislation? We're working every day, around the clock, 24-7 to, well, we had hopefully avert the employment cliff that we now find ourselves in, because we do have a number of pilots that are furloughed at the moment. And you know, every day that goes by, it gets harder and harder to unscramble that egg. It's not like pilots can just flip a switch and they throw the keys at us and we come back to work, right? There's a lot involved in that. There are security aspects, there are training aspects, there are medical aspects. And so what we're hearing at the moment is that talks continue. We have the White House saying that they want a deal. We're hearing that Mnuchin wants a deal. Of course, industry wants a deal. Labor wants a deal. So we're all doing our jobs. And what we need now is we need the White House and we need Congress to come together and get us a deal. Candidly, as you say, pilots are being furloughed. Other airline employees are being furloughed. You usually, I assume, are in the position where you're up on Capitol Hill or your colleagues are trying to convince one side or the other to do something. In this case, they all agree and still can't get it done. Are you pissed? I'm very disappointed because, you know, despite everybody saying they want this done, obviously, deal hasn't come together. And there's a lot at play in Washington these days as we move closer into November. But I think what everybody needs to understand here is that our particular industry with essential workers, right, 
we are literally maintaining what's left of the economy. Everything that happens in this economy, very much influenced by what happens in aviation. So it's discouraging because many of our pilots and all other workers in the aviation industry have courageously come forward in some pretty tough times. You know, we've lost members to COVID-19 and they're doing their jobs and they just want Congress and the White House to do their job. You talked about how hard it is to unscramble the egg. I think there's a perception by a lot of people that were there, say, to be a vaccine in February and travel to come back, say, to 100% or 90%, that airlines could just flip a switch and have all the planes fly and customers come in. Why is that not the case? We have specific training requirements. There are timelines associated with that, not to mention medicals and things of that nature. And then the security aspect of it, where there's a cockpit asset security control system that goes on, and those are names properly vetted. I would say that we're the most vetted profession ever known to man. Our daily lives is a constant vetting in terms of training and who we are and what we are. It's ongoing. It's going to be a very difficult time. As more and more time goes on, it's going to be more and more difficult to get this job done. And it really is going to put more stress and strain on the industry who is trying to keep this economy up and you know keep it moving. The companies themselves are not having an easy time with this. Do you put any blame for these furloughs on the airline or do you put it squarely on Congress? I don't put it on the airlines at all. We had Probably the CARES Act was one of the most forward-leaning pro-worker piece of legislation I've ever seen in my lifetime. And it really did do the job. Who could see a global pandemic coming? I mean, we knew that the possibilities existed, but it hit. It took a lot of teamwork. We've been working with the industry. We've been working with the government and our pilots, really. We have gone to great extents to work collaboratively with our companies to work out arrangements to keep as many people on the job as possible. And that's what I mean. We're stepping up to the plate and we need others to do the same. Big airports like O'Hare and LaGuardia, et cetera, are obviously going to be there in six months and two years. Is there a threat to kind of the second, third tier airports with the lack of traffic right now? And if money doesn't come through, that those might not come back. Those things might just become ghost ships. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that question because one of my biggest concerns right now is in that area of the industry, okay? The service to small communities and small airports is extremely critical to the economy. It really does stimulate economic activity. And now as the majors have pulled in their systems a bit, just out of sheer survival, many of these communities, these small communities are going on service. So yeah, it does have a, a tremendous effect. And it's one of the areas that we've been focused on for a great deal of time. Are these going to be folks who are going to sit on the couch and wait for the call? Or are they going to look for other sorts of jobs? Well, that's the thing. You know, there is that bit of leakage, right? I mean, you can't blame people for wanting to survive. So if there are other opportunities that will come along, it will only degrade the opportunity to come back on and get the economy up and running. It's tremendously a problem right now. Do you have a sense on how many pilots have lost their jobs, either officially or furloughed so far? Yeah, we are looking really immediately at around anywhere close to, in the end, probably anywhere from 7,000 to 10,000 pilots that could end up being furloughed here in the U.S. What does that represent in terms of the overall number of pilots in the U.S.? Yeah, it's a pretty strong percentage. We're talking about 140-something thousand professional pilots. You know, we represent 34 airlines, U.S. and Canada, 63,000 pilots overall. My final question to you is a flying question, which is unrelated to all this, but simply curious. As a pilot, give me the best and worst airport in America to fly into. <laughs> the best and the worst? I don't want to call anybody out because they work with many of the airlines. Really, typically, look, we have one of the safest airline systems in the world. There's no question about it. 
And while I'd like to see more investment in infrastructure, and we're constantly you know, pushing for that to get more modern airports and better facilities, tremendous amount of effort underway, not only going to modernizing our airports, and they face specific challenges in doing so, but also our national airspace system. So all in all, our airport service has been phenomenal. We look forward to keeping it that way. I will tell you, that's an act of will, all right? Everybody working together. Everything that good has ever happened in aviation was the work of collaboration. That's what we're trying to do here to save our jobs and actually save the American economy as well. That was a very good dodge to that question. Captain Joe DePete, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I look forward to doing it again. Thanks. Welcome back. What we're watching today is President Trump and the continuing questions about what the White House knew and when it knew it. For example, when was his last negative test? Or why didn't the administration immediately launch contact tracing for those who'd been around the president in recent days? As we continue waiting for answers, it's probably worth noting that it's not just the U.S. government that's fallen down on the COVID reporting job. British health officials over the weekend acknowledged that more than 15,000 COVID cases went unreported and therefore untraced, not due to deception, but reportedly because the Excel spreadsheet they were using to track hit its data limit. Oh, and one more COVID thing while we're at it. Tonight, the New England Patriots and Kansas City Chiefs are expected to play a football game, even though one player on each squad tested positive recently. Yes, all the other players and staff on both teams have since tested negative, but so had White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany as of yesterday. This morning, she tested positive. Not sure why it is so hard for so many to understand the science behind quarantining after exposure, but it is apparent now that a lot more people will need to get sick before it fully takes hold. And finally, we're watching the plight of movie theaters. Cineworld, whose brands include Regal Cinema, said it will close all of its US and UK theaters. How come? Because film companies MGM and Universal decided to delay the release of the next James Bond movie from mid-November until next April. 45,000 employees may lose their jobs here, while shares of Cineworld rival AMC are down more than 10% in trading today. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great National Consignment Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.